Hello everyone and welcome back to Grape Unfined Unfiltered. Today we bring you a report from the field with Jeff Miller, who just happened to be in Gavi just last week. Take it away, Jeff. Hey everyone, Jeff here. Greetings from Gavi. We just finished a fantastic morning in the village of Gavi with our good friend Roberto Fossati who is actually based in Gavi, and he is our connection for all things Piedmont, um, one of our favorite people to work with in Italy. We spent uh, some good time going over the Appalachian, visiting with Predatory to Gavi, and I wanted to jump in here on just a quick audio bite to break down Gavi in a little bit more detail and put uh, the wines that we are working with in a bit more context. So Gavi itself is a pretty small region. The vineyard area is 1,200 hectares in total. To put that into perspective, Napa Valley is 18,000 hectares. So you're talking about something that's about 16 times smaller than a region like Napa. Um, And this region is made up of 13 separate villages, all that surround the village of Gavi itself. Um, As far as naming goes and DOCs go, they're basically three levels. The first and lowest level would be Cortese de Gavi DOC. Then you have Gavi DOCG. And then you have Gavi de Gavi DOCG. What are the differences? Well, the first level, the lowest level, Cortese de Gavi DOC, that can be produced really anywhere in any of those 13 villages in the Appalachian. That's something that you see a lot here. Um, Oftentimes it's just bottled you know, under a just a basic kind of bulk unknown label or just pumped out from one of those gas pump dispensers that you see all over Europe um, at stores. Not much of that makes it to the U.S. It's kind of just the customary white drink in this region. For example, at breakfast today, we were sitting next to a gentleman who had in his hand the classic uh, Piedmontese breakfast or the classic Gavi breakfast of a big glass of Gavi and a focaccia and ham sandwich that is pretty standard at eight in the morning if you're say a male over 60 years old. So we're not really worried about Cortes de Gavi, not really a thing here um, in the US. What you do see here is the second of these and that's Gavi DOCG. That's what we carry from Predatory right now and it's really most of what you see in the US. Now Gavi DOCG, it can be produced from only two of the towns, two of those 13 towns, including um, the town of Gavi. Step up in quality, a little more interesting, expresses a bit more minerality, yields are usually a bit lower, and the pricing is generally a bit higher, but still pretty affordable. Now the third, and the king of these three, is Gavi de Gavi, D-O-C-G. Um, Gavi de Gavi can only be produced in the actual village of Gavi. It's thought that 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 terroir, if you will, is you know the finest for Cortese, the grape used in Gavi. And you see a bit of this on the market, although not a lot in the U.S. So Cortese, that's the grape that uh, makes up Gavi. The Italian translation for Cortese is gracious. And you could call, you could call Gavi or Cortese, for that matter, really the queen of Piedmont's white wines. The grape has thin skins. It's naturally really high in acid, and it needs a pretty warm spot to grow in. If you put it up farther north, let's say you put this grape up in Barolo, it would be a little bit too cold. It really needs that warmth 
and able to tame what what is that real real cutting acid. Now we love it for its acid, but it's got to be in a warm place for everything to be in balance. So nowhere does it grow better than southeastern Piedmont. We're talking just north of the Ligurine Coast, just north of Geneva, basically in Gavi. Um, it's best it's bone dry, super dry. Like I said, kind of that you know broken glass, cut, cut glass dry. It's got a lot of citrus, a lot of lemon. And a lot of Gavi, the best Gavi for me, has a lot of this kind of peach thing going on. I don't know if it was just my imagination, seeing all the peach trees. There are so many peach trees in this region. That was kind of a surprising thing. You know, everywhere you went, it was vineyards and peach trees, all of which were in bloom with beautiful pink flowers today. Um, if you're looking for, for a comparison, I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to compare Gavi to any other, you know, region in terms of how the wine drinks. But maybe you could say a really good unoaked AC Chablis or, you know, top level Alto Adige Pinot Grigio. But it's kind of its own thing. But just think crisp, cutting, citrusy, little touch of peach. It's really, really classic wine. So soil composition and exposure in Gavi is pretty varied, even even varied by Piedmontese standards, where you see a lot of different soil types and a lot of hills. In this way, you know, this grape, Cortese, it can really express a lot of different flavors, a lot of different textures on the palate, depending on, you know, what this exposure is, what this soil is. Our good friend, Roberto Fassati, he lives in the actual village of Gavi, and for the years he's seen you know, just about everything you can see in Gavi. You jump in his car, you visit vineyards, and you're really going to see everything from you know stark white soils that are made of tough and limestone, kind of similar to Samur, um, to you know tomato-colored, iron-rich um, soils that are you know based on a clay um, substructure. So enter into the picture predatory to Gavi. This is the producer that we're putting all of our energy in when it comes to this region. And this uh, is a cooperative and its origins go back to the early fifties. There were about 80, 80 some families that came together. Um, they were all small farmers. They wanted to share their strengths in this, you know, cooperative form, which was something that was really kind of building in the fifties all around Italy. And uh, this group is made up of pretty much the same 80 some growers to this day there are about i think 12 more that came in so just under 100 growers in total and their vineyards are spread all over the doc they're in 11 of the 13 um, approved villages in gavi their acreage totals about i think it's 200 hectares again the total area in gavi is 1200 hectares so a little a little less than about 17 percent of the total surface area of Gavi is um, owned by this these producers. That's actually a pretty big market share of the land there. You could say that they have you know more control over Gavi and over Gavi pricing than anyone else. And all this coverage also allows them some creative um, strengths. You know they're in eleven of the thirteen villages and. They actually hold vineyards in a lot of these newly designated crew sites in Gavi. So they're making, they're not making crew Gavi, which is something that nobody has really seen up until about now. And these crew bottlings are, I'd say for sure, the most exciting bottlings produced in Gavi. And you'll see pictures of those on our feed here shortly. And you'll see those actual wines come through here in the next year. But for now, all the focus is on this Il Forte bottling that we have started to bring in. We brought in our first load of it late summer of last year. 
So what's the deal with these guys? Why are they interesting to us besides the fact that, you know, they own all this land, they have these crew sites? Well, it really comes down to their new winemaker, Andrea Panciotti. He's a young winemaker. He has a lot of ambition. He wants to show that there is a lot to Gavi, that there's a lot to this group of growers, and that there's a lot of interesting wine out there made and to be made. And so he started to make these single vineyard wines. He's making a really, really nice Gavi to Gavi that was just given Trebicari by Gambaro Rosso, so they're getting a lot of outside respect as well. But the only thing that was missing until this point, until we started bringing them in, was the label design. When we looked at the labels of these, you guys never saw the original labels. They were just terribly ugly. They looked awful. The wine never would have sold at all. And so the first thing we did, we got a hold of a designer, local designer there, and we tasked her to come up with kind of a rebranding of Predatory's range. She did so really well. The wine that we have in stock, El Forte, you've seen what that looks like. It's a beautiful label. It's true to the region. Um, there's There are five other wines with kind of that similar ethos that you'll start to see. So to do this, to really make a mark, we knew we needed a price. And these guys were willing to invest. So they made us an offer that's really impossible to refuse. They offered to sell us their wine at pricing by the bottle that's lower than what the pricing would be in bulk by the liter. So this pricing is pretty insane, really. Um, you know, they're definitely losing money in the short term by selling to us at the price that they are. Um, they could have, you know, sold this wine in bulk much cheaper. But the thing is, this wine is so much more interesting. There's so much more going on than what you'd see in most bulk Gavi. So they feel like their efforts would be completely wasted there. They want people in the U.S. to know about these wines. They want to build up the name Predatory de Gavi to where it's on the same par as, you know, another famous Piedmontese cooperative, Predatory de Barbaresco. That's, you know, the level that they think they can play on. And so we took them up on it. Um, we knew that we'd have to commit to a pretty large quantity. This isn't a small deal. We have to throw down a lot of cases of wine, but we're doing so. We're making our bet, and we hope you guys will all join with us here. It's just an insane deal. We haven't seen anything like this um, really anywhere in Europe in, in years. But years, it's going to take some work. Obviously, a lot of this is going to be on premise, but it's such an amazing deal. People can pick this wine up in the market for probably a little under 10 um, for by the glass. People can stack it up, probably retail it, you know, a little under 15. Pretty exciting. Like I said, the visions to build this into, you know, the best-selling Gavi in the U.S. market, and it's way more interesting than anything else at this price. You know, the market's there. Um, just a few hours ago, we finished an offering with a major retailer. He sells via email. He hadn't offered up a Gavi in, he said, 18 years, and within a couple hours, it ended up being one of his best-selling white wine offerings of the year. So just amazing potential here. We hope you guys will join us on this quest to show the world, show because the U.S. most importantly, what this humble little co-op can do and how interesting God can get.